Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of 360 Tennessee Sports Coverage. This week, uh, Cody and Kobe are with me. I'm your host, Caleb. We're going to talk a little bit about National Signing Day coming up this week. And then we're going to talk about how the Preds have a pretty good road trip coming up this coming week. Alright guys, so what do you guys think will happen on National Signing Day come Wednesday? I think they said uh, the Preds are targeting six or seven uh, really good recruits. Uh, I think if Tennessee can land three of those, uh, that would be a blessing. So are you talking about Tennessee or are you talking about the Preds? We're talking about the Vols, Kobe. I think you. (laughs) I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Um, You know, uh, I think it's going to be a good week for Tennessee. Um, They've scheduled a couple uh, National Signing Days celebrations across the state, and it's looking like we're going to have something to celebrate. They're not going to just do that for nothing. Um, I think that's going to be a great way to get Pruitt across the state, get him in front of a lot of fans, and I think it's going to be a good week. I I feel like it's going to be a good week. Yeah, I think it'll be a good week, too. Um, Like Kobe said, you know, we got six or seven high-profile guys that we've had on visits here recently that we're looking at hopefully getting to join the team. And um, actually, a couple of uh, sports writers for the Vols that I've seen here recently are predicting that we'll get five of the seven. So it looks like we could have a good haul and hopefully at least get in the top 15, if not the top 10 this year with our class. And considering where we were starting from whenever, and we've mentioned this over and over, but, I mean, we can't praise Pruitt's staff enough. I mean, he's he's taken this recruiting level to a whole new hop, you know, um, from where he's originally started from. Yeah, and I think um, that was one thing everybody started talking about when Pruitt came to us um, was his recruiting abilities. And he's been able to show it in just a short amount of time he's been with us. He's been able to really turn around the recruiting class. And I think he's going to finish with the top recruiting class this week. Yeah, Tennessee hosted some uh, pretty high-profile high school prospects, um, soon to be college football players, uh, hopefully with us. Um, uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart was one of the the big ones this weekend that we had come in for a visit. And uh, it seemed like, you know, everything went pretty well. He was tweeting some stuff up in all orange, so – was glad to see him actually take an official visit and bring his whole family in. Uh, let's just hope we can get him in, in orange for a for an actual season. Yeah. Um, he was definitely probably the biggest name that was there this week, being a, a five-star cornerback, and we need that corner help like we talked about last week. Um, but Pruitt has compared him to Jalen Ramsey and the skill set that he has. So – that's definitely someone we need to get on the roster. Um, and like you said, uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart tweeted out this afternoon that he actually got more out of this visit than he expected. Uh, and he was really impressed with the family atmosphere that Tennessee showed. Uh, I think one thing in particular that he said impressed him was his dad was just walking down the street and a Tennessee fan stopped him and said, hey, man, we're supporting your son no matter what decision he makes. And 
uh, we really hope you come and join the Vols because we're looking forward to watching him play football. And that was just something that really impressed him at how supportive the fans already are of him, uh, not just waiting until he signs. So that's a good start right there. Yeah, and I think it seems like everybody that has actually came to the Hill has liked it. I think um, I think the coaches are making uh, some real good impressions. That's one thing that he said himself. He he, it, sur- it surpassed his expectation, and he said that the coaches were great. And also, um, the in-state, the Woody uh, Washington out of Murfreesboro said that he was impressed with it too. So. It looks like we're uh, we're building up the defense, and I hope that we can land those recruits this week. Yeah, haven't they released a a sort of schedule, uh, more like a time frame for certain recruits? Are signing it, you know, one o'clock. Some are signing it two, and I'm sure most of them will sign at their high school. I know uh, Quay Walker said he will be signing um, at his high school, so it's going to keep everybody on alert. I mean, it, it, like you said, it's almost like a national holiday, especially for us football fanatics. Yeah, I think yeah, – um, Like you said about – oh, go ahead. I think uh, Taylor Stewart, I think he announced his as 1 o'clock on Wednesday. Um, and Quay Walker is around 2, and I think Elijah Griffin is uh, around noon. So, hopefully, uh, we'll get some breaks from work and we'll get to watch those guys sign. Yeah, I was trying to look up the – because 24-7 usually has the um, – list out but I don't it doesn't look like there's one out yet but I know uh on the day itself you can get on there and look at the exact time and they have a time like a ticker for each player it's like a draft day yeah and I noticed another thing too Tennessee you know they've also been bringing in some 2019 um recruits for visits um some official some you know uh that weren't official just sort of a you know kind of getting to see where they stand so you know Pruitt's not thinking about just the just this year he's thinking future and long term uh which was also a nice a nice thing to see as well yeah yeah you definitely have to go ahead and start bringing in those those guys for the future uh early and and start making an impression on them uh here is a list of times for top targets for Tennessee Uh, Tyson Campbell uh, who is a five-star defensive back he is going to sign at 10 a.m. Eastern Quay Walker will will sign at 11 a.m. Eastern Elijah Griffin is 1 p.m. Eastern as well as Isaac Taylor Stewart so those will sign at the same time and Jeremy Copeland is set to sign at 2 p.m. Eastern so uh, it'll be a few fun hours to see what happens with this Tennessee recruiting class. Oh, it's always yeah. fun on National Signing Day to um, get those breaks and see who the big names are. And I, you know, we had the early signing day um, back a couple. Well, I guess it was back last month, um, but it seems like it's been so long now. I. I don't know. I kind of like just – I wish we just had the one signing day because then it would last longer, I guess, and it would be bigger. But it does seem like it's still going to be a good signing day for us. I'm, I I kind of 
share that view with you. And having one signing day would make for just one really big bang. But I've kind of enjoyed having the the first signing day with a period in between uh, because we we've got somewhat of a view of what our class is going to look like now. But we've still had the excitement and the build up uh, to the second national signing day. So it, it's kind of made it last a little bit longer with the fun rather than just having that one huge day. Yeah, another thing, too, it gives, you know, the kids that a chance to go ahead and lock up their commitment when they already know where they want to go. You know, so if some are already on board for Tennessee, let's get them, you know, go ahead and sign so they can't change their mind later down the road and <laughs> decide to go somewhere else. That is true, and uh, I think it is a good thing that those that, can come to campus earlier there too and they're going to be able to participate in spring practice so it, i see it i get it i think it is a good thing i just you know the old national signing day was just fun oh absolutely it was it was definitely a lot of fun uh, i think next year we're probably going to enjoy the early signing day a little bit more yeah that's true uh, this year it was a little bit bittersweet it was fun to see what it was able to do with just a few weeks but i mean we could be seeing him putting up a top five recruiting class next december and then we're all gonna love it uh i mean i would definitely love to be georgia sitting here right now with five five-star recruits on the team already and looking to lock up more yeah i guess that's what kind of ruined our look at the uh early signing period because you're talking we had to go through the coaching search and everything and then just week just a matter of days really he had to go and recruit for this early signing period so yeah it it does it, it is it, i think it will be nice a lot nicer next next year um and for those teams that aren't going through many changes on the off season it'll be great and i think next i think this time next year we'll be talking like about how much we love it Yeah, for sure. Um, with another, a little bit more recruiting news, uh, we, we had a little bit of a surpriser this morning when uh, Jordan Young changed his Twitter bio to read as a Florida State wide receiver uh, when he's currently committed to Tennessee. Um, since then, he's come out and said, no, I was just joking around. I haven't decommitted from Tennessee. What's your guys' take on that situation uh, and possibly losing a four-star wide receiver right now? Uh, there's two things from my perspective that that you can take this. You can take this sort of as like the how Preston Williams apparently did when he went to Auburn. They said he went down there in all UT gear and tried recruiting some of their players to come play at Tennessee. I mean, that was the story that was told. So, I mean, you could look at it as, as that, hey, is there – anybody else on Florida State's radar that maybe he can swing to come to Tennessee? Or is it, well, hey, you know, the scary side is he might actually like Florida State. And, I mean, Tennessee jumped on board first and kind of got him his first big-time offer, and he was probably thankful for that, so he immediately committed to Tennessee right away. But now that he's taking another visit to Florida State, hey, you know, Florida State is super nice. You know, I like their facilities better, yada, 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 whatever excuse you can come up with. But 
I mean, it, it, it's kind of scary, man. I'm, you know, considering we only have one wide receiver committed to this class in Elante Taylor. If we don't land, if he if he decommits and we don't land Copeland, I mean, who else do we have coming out of this class other other than Elante Taylor? So I mean, it, and we're fairly thin at wide receiver on top of that. So I mean, it, it's shocking to me that that he would go ahead and change his bio, I guess, more than than not decommitting or committing one way or the other. I, I think I, it is kind of worrisome, you know, to start talking about a losing a recruit. But, again, it's a Twitter bio that was changed. Um, so this could be – there could be a multitude of reasons in how this happened. Um, so until we see him actually saying – putting out a statement saying that he's going to open up his um, commitment and start looking at the other schools. And that's when we need to start freaking out. I, I think about something stupid could happen and somebody change it for him. Um, so I, until we start actually getting that news breaking, I, I think we can stay calm about it. But I, I would hate to see – I would hate for us to lose a receiver. <clears throat> Yeah, and he, he came out uh, later this afternoon and said he was getting off social media until Wednesday when he actually signs. Uh, but a little bit more alarming is the fact he didn't change it back. Um, and now he's not going to take any questions until signing day, uh, which is understandable. I mean, he's a young kid, and he can definitely make whatever decision he feels is best for him. Uh, but as Tennessee fans, you definitely want to get that big-time wide receiver target locked in and not lose him to another school three days before yeah. National Signing Day. Yeah, you know, we, we don't want to knock, you know, certain kids for making a decision that's, you know, better for their family or, or what they think might be better for their future, whether it be um, to get a better degree or actually play, you know, pro football I mean we, we would love nothing more to have him at Tennessee but if he feels Florida State is where he needs to be you know it's going to hurt it's going to hurt I mean it's going it's going to affect us but I mean that's not for us to to sit here and bash him and tell him that he's making a wrong decision because ultimately it's for this kid's future and not for ours all right so let's uh let's move on talk a little bit of Preds uh they have a a pretty big road trip coming up. Uh, we got a lot of Eastern teams this coming week. I think we have a back-to-back -back later on in the week as well. Uh, what do you guys see uh, leading into this Eastern Conference road trip that we're about to go on? I, I, I got a question for you, Caleb. How are you going to open up with that? Hunting season is over, baby. <laughs> we got the fish right, back can, in the house. Man, Caleb, got, I, I done had to do the same thing with Kobe in the past. Y'all, the big stuff is there. Just like Ellis coming back, Kobe, Kobe missed his chance to talk about Ellis coming back. Let's hunting season is over, baby. We're getting Mike Fisher back on the ice. And after last night's game, how scrappy we was playing, how everybody's starting to play a little bit, I would, I'll take Mike Fisher on that fourth line in a heartbeat. And get uh, get all four lines flowing. Get uh, I think I, I think we're gonna have four solid lines, 
that will compete with every line of every team. And I think we're going to see some great hockey. But I, I'm sorry. We can go ahead and talk about what Caleb was wanting to talk about. <laughs> hey, hey, I want to add this to what you're saying, Cody. So we've had this thing all season long where we haven't played with a healthy team. You know, the first half, Ellis was back, was out till November. And then when Ellis got back, Forsberg was gone. And then Forsberg's back. Hey, we have a healthy team. We got everybody here. No, we don't, big boys. We got <laughs> Fisher, and he's coming back, baby. Let's throw him in that slot. Hey, I'll let, him, I'll let Fisher take off the first half of the season. Let, let him get the hunting done with. Get that out of his system. And let him come back. Get ready for it playoffs and let's take another run for it we're gonna be hoisting that cup in june baby man i was excited but I, yeah I I, I I just i can't wait i'm i'm also excited about getting mike fisher back that's a that's a definite boost for this team for sure and when you look at it uh, it's really a trade deadline pickup where you didn't have to give up a single thing to get him. So, I mean, that should just make make us even more excited. Um, But we should all acknowledge kind of what happened. Um, I mean, everyone knows that Carrie Underwood got a speeding (laughs) ticket, and because Mike's unemployed (laughs) right now, he had to come back and sign a contract just to pay for that speeding ticket and his rising insurance costs. So. I definitely feel for Mike that he had to end his retirement early uh, because of decisions his wife made. He was going to end up in the poorhouse. And you got to admit, it was very nice of Roman Yossi to pay for the unemployed man's lunch (laughs) uh, when he was talking about bringing him back to the team. You know, this the how they were talking and everything. it, It was. It was something that we that none of us really knew about. Nobody, as the fans, knew about. But it was like an offer was on the table at all times for Fisher to come back. And I'm just glad. I, I'm glad that they was able to. It didn't seem like it took too much talking him into it. Once he sat down and started figuring out, because he's been watching the games, he's been there at the arena, and he knows things are just as good now as they were last year. And he he when you have that kind of He's a champion at heart, really. And when you have that in your blood, you just can't get it out. He's just ready to roll. Well, if you watch this press conference, he stated, you know, he started thinking a, a lot about it around Christmas, how he how he kind of missed being around the, the guys and being on the ice and, you know, that competitive nature. I mean, if, if, if as a hockey fan, as a, as a Nashville Predators hockey fan, if you did not get to watch Look his interview, man, <laughs> you missed it. I mean, just the, the excitement – it was unreal. I, I couldn't even focus at work last week because of the news that broke on that. I mean, I was I was like a kid in a candy store or a kid on Christmas morning opening it up. Man, you, you couldn't wait. Well, I, I think that exact uh, feeling went through all Predators fans in Tennessee and in the, the nation, really, when they heard that a press conference was being announced and we had no idea what was going on i mean they had hashtags going of guess the press conference (laughs) news and i mean twitter was blowing up that about whatever was going on everyone's like oh i think there's a trade 
Uh, there had there were some people who thought that the that Golden Knights and the Preds had combined rosters to become <laughs> the Nash Vegas Golden Predators. Uh, it, it was just fun to watch how everyone was hyped up about this news, and we didn't even know what was coming out until two or three hours after the press conference was announced. It was it was fun to watch. I thought it was a joke, to be honest with you. I thought it was a full joke when I seen. Fisher was coming back. It, I like because there were so many things out there. Um, I I really thought we might have been getting Yager. Um, why wouldn't we? You know, like. <laughs> but then when we got actual news that Fisher was on the ice in Nashville, I was like, man, this might actually be true. And then uh, when we started getting the reports out of Nashville, him actually being on the ice getting those pictures and stuff, and you're like, holy cow, this is happening. And then once the actual news from the NHL broke, it just went all crazy. Fisher was uh, Mike Fisher was trending in the U.S. on Twitter. Um, everybody was talking about it. Everybody took note of it. Uh, it's something that we don't get to see very often, and it just seems like everybody is excited about it. All right, so now that we that we kind of broke the news, I I've got a a thing that I I want to mention here. Twitter after the, they announced the Fisher's coming back, there was sort of like a I don't know some there were some Preds fans that were like disgruntled that I could see like well where are they going to put Tolvin in if Tolvin comes over or how is that going to affect a a left winger or yada yada whatever we need at the trade deadline. I got news for people. I don't give a crap. Who else they want to bring in? You have got a guy that has got Stanley Cup playoff experience. Something that Tolvanen or any other rookie or whoever you want to bring over, they do not have that. You cannot teach that. You have to experience that for yourself. And we have got that guy coming back to make one final run. I don't want to see any more of this negativity. We're done with this. We're done with this negativity. We got Fisher back. Our team has won two solid games here in a row with a full healthy roster without Fisher in the lineup yet. Dude, let's get this thing rolling. Let's get this freight train stopping. If you're in the middle of the tracks, you're getting run over because this thing's not coming to a halt. Uh, you know, uh, I think something, I think it might have been Poyle said in the uh, press conferences, he said that every one of the guys in the locker room had a smile on their face when they heard the news. Because he, it, I I don't care if they want. I just want him in the locker room with everybody. The amount of leadership that he brings to the team, um, and the experience, like Kobe said, with you can't buy uh, playoff hockey experience. That's just something that they literally have to go through. Um, and I think if, however, he fits in the lineup, it'll it's going to be positive for us, even if. He's not necessarily on the ice a whole lot of minutes in the game. I think him being there in the locker room on the bench with the guys is going to be bring more help to every one of the players. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, there is no denying that he has leadership experience to spare, and he is a key motivator in that locker room. I mean, you saw what he did last year as the captain. I mean, we, we basically have two captains now, which is – great to have on an NHL team, especially going in uh, to the playoffs. 
Um, but going back to what Kobe said about if we bring in Tolvin in later in the season, well, what is that going to do to that? It, it shouldn't do anything to that plan. If that is what the plan is for David Poyle, I mean, we have the cap space there to bring in Tolvanen. Again, if you bring in Tolvanen, that is acquiring another player at the trade deadline and you give up absolutely nothing to get him. So, I mean, the Preds fans should be excited about this, not disgruntled about it because, I mean, you're getting a quality center on a team that already has center depth to spare. And you could be getting another guy coming in at the end of February as well. So this is nothing but a good thing, in my opinion. And David Poyle, I trust. GMDP, we trust. (laughs) Unlike some other uh, hockey sports writers that cover the Nashville Predators. Just a little bit of shade thrown there. Um, But, yeah, like you said. I won't mention any names, (laughs) but but some – Sports writers in Nashville don't have that much faith. They they think there might be some cracks uh, in David Poyle's armor. So, and uh, you <laughs> we don't and, feel that way. But you know, uh, let's do let's talk about some of the games like last night when uh, we seen Cody McLeod actually get to play. Um, they can have him. You know, um, they can pay him. We can cut that that cap space on ours. Um, I'm never going to question David Poyle over Cody McLeod. Um, because the day that the day that Poyle trades Forsberg is the day I'll start to question him. But when he's making bottom six roster moves, it's not going to affect me that much. No, not at all. Um, but now it, recapping the game, um, last night. Well, the past two games really getting that full healthy roster has shown um, the scrappiness of the team. I mean, last night's game was exciting to watch. Um, and every time we, – we didn't let unanswered goals happen. And I think that's that's going to be huge for us because as, as soon as they scored, we was answering back. And um, I, I'm just – I'm glad to see Forsberg – coming back in the full swing. I think it, the injury, I hate seeing people get injured, but I think it kind of fell out a good time for Forsberg at least to get him a little bit of um, off ice time because he was racking up a lot of ice time. Um, so I think he's, it, it, it gave him a good mid-season break, and it's gonna be, he's going to be able to come back, and there's no telling how many points he's going to get. Well, you talked about how, how scrappy they were in the game last night. And I was in attendance at the game, and it was so scrappy that even the fans were going at it. Section 120, <laughs> I don't know what was going on down low, but there was a scrap full of people. After they cleared all of it out, there was about 10 seats that were empty in two rows right there. <laughs> they hauled, That's hockey, baby. They hauled two guys out in, in handcuffs, man. I don't know what – I don't know if it was Preds fans getting into each other. I don't know if it was Rangers fans, whatever, man. But they were into it. They were into the game or they were into something because that arena was hype last night. And we had a, I had a guy sitting next to me. He said this had only been like his third Preds game he had attended. 
And, dude, he was getting into the game. He was getting pumped. He was laughing at, like, the the chants we do. He was getting into it. So it's nice to see fans that that haven't been but once or twice, and they feel that energy. They, they feel that their their chest, their heart beating out of their chest. I mean, it, that's something that you that you can only experience when you get inside that arena on a Saturday night. Yeah. Um, last night was my brother's first time going to the game. Him and his wife went, and uh, he had a good time. Um, he was texting me all last night. He texted me this morning and said, that was single-handedly one of the best games I've ever been to. And that that's that's the kind of feeling and atmosphere that you get when you go to a Preds game. And the th- it's not just on Saturdays now. It's the Tuesday, Thursday night games. It's all throughout the week you're getting that atmosphere. And guess what, boys? It doesn't seem like it's going away. It's only getting better. It's contagious. You can't – you can't – I mean, it spreads. <clears throat> well, I hate to dampen this mood because I know you all are hyped right now. Um, don't, don't but be news did just come down. What? Uh, Adam Vingen just reported – Forsberg has been suspended three games for his hit on Jimmy. That's Vesey. the best three oh, games that we'll that we'll ever see in our life. VC deserved that. I, I was. I, I'm honestly shocked. I, I hate to see that because it's just it's stupid. It, it, you know, like that. It, I feel like it was clean hits. I know you talk to Ranger fans. That's not. But how in the world can you? How in the world can you do that and then not call McLeod after hitting after the play's over, blindside in somebody? It's just, I think it's because it was Forsberg, really. It, it, that was a one hundred percent clean hit. Forsberg was coming around the net, and so was VC. He turned his body to make a check, and VC made a pass with his head down, and he just rocked him. You do not get a more clean hit than that one. That that is a complete joke by the NHL, and they got that one one hundred percent wrong. Okay, well, what about the um, I don't know the cheap hit by McLeod last night with Watson just standing at the line after the whistle's been blown, checked him to the ground, or I don't know, maybe the elbow to Fiala's head. Uh, was it Tuesday night or Thursday night? Was it Thursday night, I believe? It was Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night. Okay. Well, he got an elbow to the head, and nothing was called, and you don't see any kind of uh, player safety jumping in on that call. Yeah, just the inconsistency. Well, if, if there was a off. questionable call, if there was a questionable call, it was the Emelin hit. Um, he did – kind of launch himself, and, I mean, he delivered a hard hit. But, I mean, there was not even a call on the ice with the Forsberg hit because it was clean. I mean, it was not (coughs) interference. It was not elbowing. He just, I mean, it was a a hard check, and that's his job is to go out there and lay the lumber sometimes. And for the NHL to suspend him three games over – a hit that was that innocent, that's just a joke. There have been a lot more vicious hits in the NHL this year, particularly the one against Ryan Johansson that made us all think he was concussed. That was a lot more vicious hit than this was, and that guy got nothing out of it. 
but yet they're going to suspend Forsberg three games for hitting the little whatever you want to call it, Jimmy VC. <laughs> they uh they pick and choose. I mean it's they they see what they want to see and then they let the rest of it slide. Forsberg does that back check all the time. That is almost his signature checking move if you'll look at it, you know like wrestlers yeah, have their signature moves whatever they do in the ring. Forsberg does that on a consistent basis of checking people off of him to him. And for him to go out and do that last night, that was just a normal routine move move that he does. And it was just, a, like you said, it was a hard, clean check. V, VC took the the blunt of the, the hit. And unfortunately, or, you know, for me, I say fortunately, but it took him out for the rest of the game. And you can call him whatever you want. I have my, my choice of words that I'm not going to say. Uh, but, you know, um, we're going to get Forsberg. He's going to get a three-game break, get him a little more rest. And I think it's going to only make him play harder. Well, it, it'll just make getting to 30 goal, goals this year a little more sweeter. And then when the Rangers don't make it into the playoffs and VC sitting at home while we're hoisting the cup. Make it um, that much sweeter. It'll feel a little bit better for Forsberg. Yeah, I mean. The good news is he can rest up a little bit more. That hand probably isn't 100% healed. Uh, he probably came back a little early, to be quite honest. So he'll get healed up 100%. And he's going to have very, very fresh legs when the playoffs start. And that's not really a bad thing. Uh, it sucks right now. The good thing is we've got three teams who aren't slotted to be in the playoffs right now coming up. So we should be able to handle them pretty easily. But like I said, this is a joke call. And I'll tell you another good. Hopefully Jimmy VC gets hit like this every game going forward. Maybe he'll lose a few teeth. Um, another good, uh, an actual good thing that's been going on is Sissons is stepping up his play. Um, and we're getting more, we're getting better play out of everybody. So, um, it does stink that we're losing him, but with the strides that everybody else is making, it shouldn't hurt us as bad. Um, I, I think if everybody will keep playing at the level that they are, we won't miss him as bad. But I'm just – I'm ready for him to stay on ice all the time. And i tell you something else, too. Fiala has been a man on a mission this year. It, every week that kid is improving. Um, to me, he took a, a big step last year when we hit the playoffs right before his injury. Um, the kid was on fire. I, and then when he come back from his injury, it's like he never stopped. I mean, he he's progressively gotten better all year. But the last week or so, and for him to kind of jump lines between two line two, line three with the tourist Benino line back and forth, he's played – phenomenally well i mean i and last night we were standing there and you know it hadn't been probably four or five minutes before he scored i looked over at my buddy and i said you know fiala is is due for a goal tonight and when he scored i looked over him and i told him i said i called that yeah fiala he's been playing out of his mind and actually the the awesome thing is is he's playing as well as forsberg is and the way he's um being able to handle the puck and everything, I think it's uh, he's really showing out, and I just hope he keeps improving on his play. Oh yeah, I mean Fiala is like you said, he's a man on a man on a mission, on a mission, mission, and, and 
when you look at our top two lines right now, I, I think I sent this to the group text last night. We're fixing to have four of our top six scoring 20 goals this year. I mean, Fiala's at 14, 14 or 15 right now. Uh, Forsberg's at 16. Smith is at 16. And Arvidsson is at 17. I mean, you have to think all four of those guys are going to get to 20 goals. And PK, um, what is does he have 14 right now? He has 15, I do believe. 15 right now. Okay, so you, you're looking at four top uh, forwards and one of your top D-man at over 20 goals, more than likely. That is something we haven't seen as Preds fans in a long time. Um, it, it's just a testament to the depth that we have on this team right now. Uh, but to go back to Sissons and what Cody mentioned, you know, um, I think what you're seeing is another effect of Mike Fisher coming back and guys seeing that they have to step up their play or they might be off this roster come the end of February. I mean, there's just one more thing that is good about this trade. He's already elevating the play of some of his teammates without even touching the ice yet. Yeah, like you said, um, it seems like – and Salamaki, he's another one that could potentially lose – some playing time over Fisher coming back. Um, however, they move Watson, Sissons, um, however they move those guys around down there. But he, he, like you said, he's elevating that play because they're thinking, hey, I'm on the bottom of the totem pole. I don't want to be here. I want my playing time. I want to score goals. I want to help this team win. And so you're getting the best out of your players. And, you know, I want, kind of want to go back to what Cody said just a second on, on PK. PK for Norris, baby. PK is playing some of the best hockey of his life. And for a defenseman to come out and have 15 goals and it only be the start of February, or as what we like to call February, because, you know, Forsberg is so spot on in the month of February. But, I mean, we've still got two months. What would that be? Approximately nine weeks left of hockey. Um, they usually play like the first week of April. So, what what can he do in those last nine weeks? I mean, could he get to to twenty goals, twenty five, um, thirty goals? I mean, can he rack up twenty more assists? Um, I mean, he's he's unreal, man. He he does so much on the offensive side, but you know he wants to be known for his defensive side as well. I saw him make some incredible plays last night. There was a two on one, and he was the lone guy. And he laid down, but when he laid down, the guy still had the puck, and he reached out with his stick and poke-checked it away from the guy. So, I mean, that that's something that you also have to consider how well he's playing on the defensive side of the puck. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he has 22 points in his last 22 game, or 21 games. So he is on a more than a point-per-game uh, streak right now, and – I mean, it's just awesome to see. And I think what hurts him the most is our depth on defense. It's kind of crazy that someone that good is getting overlooked for the Norris Trophy talk because if you ask someone who the number one D-man for San Jose is, they say, oh, Brent Burns. 
Uh, well, who's the number one defenseman for the L.A. Kings? Oh, that's Drew Doughty. Who's the number one defenseman for the Nashville Predators? Well, uh, it could be Yossi. It could be Ellis. It could be Subban. I mean, there's just a question as to whether or not he's the best D-man on the team. And I think people start to take a, a little bit away from his game because of that, even though it's pretty clear that he's I mean, he's playing as the best D-man in the league right now. It, it's unfair because he's on such a good team that he's not getting that consideration. Yeah, and there's pros and cons to both sides of that. Like, uh, and Because you have to consider – Drew Doughty, for instance, or Brent Burns, you mentioned both of those guys. Look at the ice time they're getting compared to what PK's getting. Are we have two lines that are, are that are splitting? I mean that I mean they alternate those lines out on starting lineups, you know, just about every other night. You know, like Tuesday night they'll start the Yossi line. Uh, you know, Thursday night they'll start the Subin line. So they're splitting time. So. PK isn't getting as much ice time as a Drew Doughty, and he's still putting up ridiculous stats. Exactly. I mean, he is putting up as good or better stats as those guys on, like you said, about seven minutes less ice time per night than what they're actually getting. So, in my mind, there's no question. He should probably be the front runner for that trophy right now, but he's probably going to get snubbed for it just because our GM has done such a good job at putting together quality defense lines. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and you know, he he he's done a phenomenal job with our forwards as well. He he really he really addressed that issue. I guess starting with the the Forsberg trade sort of kind of like promoted the the Rajo trade and then, you know, you got the the Turrish, the Benino signing, and then the Turrish trade. So, he's he's a he knows what his issues are, and he's addressed those. So he he's built a team from the ground up, and I mean they're absolutely, and that's something that Vegas can't say they did. I mean, I, I give credit where credit's due. Vegas has I mean, done a phenomenal job with with what they've got. I mean, they had you know some first line talent, some second line a couple third-line guys. They've got just a variety there, but they haven't built something like the Preds did. The Preds literally had the table scraps. They had stuff that the dogs would eat off the ground, and the Vegas is over here eating like kings. Yeah, I mean, we've we ha we've had two homegrown captains now, uh, which most teams don't get for a little while, but we had Weber, and now we have Yossi. I mean – it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, we've already talked about the expansion draft and how much we disagree with some of the rules, but it's crazy to see how one team is given such a good roster to start with when we had to, like you said, put together the scraps just to get into the playoffs 10 years after our first season. That's absolutely nuts. And, you know, I, I give their GM credit for, you know, picking, you know, certain guys over and making trades. And I, I give the, the him a, their coaching credit for putting certain guys on the right lineup and, you know, because they are at the top of the West right now. So, I, I mean, I'm going to give them where credit's due. But you also have to consider 
where we started or where Columbus or Minnesota or whoever started compared to where they did. So, I mean, you have to, you know, balance that or, or you know, try to try to balance it, I guess. Yeah, they actually have less losses right now than Washington had wins in their first season, I think. I'm pretty sure that's what the stat was. I think Vegas has less losses three-quarters of the way through the season than the Washington Capitals had wins in their very first season in the NHL. It's kind of a jacked-up uh, stat when you look at how bad the draft rules were then compared to now. But uh, back to the Preds. But, you know, on, I, w- I was just going to say this, and then we can get back to the Preds. You know, it's just you have to – that that's what the league wanted. They wanted a competitive team off the, off the get-go. Because it makes ratings higher, and it it you know it makes you know um, fans travel better, um, so you know you can sort of see why they did that. Yeah, I mean it's definitely going to establish them a fan base faster, but it's at the expense of other teams. Um, and that it is. I mean, you see some teams struggling to keep their team in their state, while Vegas is basically awarded a playoff team the very first year. That's that's kind of messed up that the NHL would do things that way. But uh, back to the Preds, um, they got to finish strong for sure because this Central Division in the Western Conference is just way, way too close right now for my liking. Yeah, we we definitely play in a tough division. Um, and, and honestly, it seems like, you know, we play – really well against our central division opponents we've stacked up pretty well against them this year um i think the games that we've struggled in have been the ones that we we shouldn't have struggled in the phoenix game the carolina game um the islanders game at the first of the season i mean there's just there's so many so many games there that you think we would have won big and then some games were you think we probably should have lost but the Preds have done really well. Um, I think they've got two big away stretches left in the regular season, and um, this week is one of them. We've got a four-game away stretch here, and then I think they've got a four-game away stretch in March. And that I don't think they have any more that are that big, just kind of a couple at a time here or there. So um, this is definitely going to be a big swing. They've got some tough competition this week. They've got um, the Islanders, and then I think the, the toughest matchup of the week will be Toronto in my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, the good thing is, is we've got some teams that aren't in the playoff race right now. Um, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be easy uh, because they're going to be scrapping trying to get into the playoffs. But um, they should be easier games, especially with this Forsberg news, finding out he won't play in the next three. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, we, we've got to get some wins and we've just got to stay on pace and – that's the most important thing right now is not not falling out of pace to stay for that number one spot in the Central and in the West. Yeah, hockey is, is one sport that, that can change in a matter of a week, um, as many games as that go on in a week. So, you know, on average, there's probably each team could play three or four games a week. So, I mean, there's a, a swing of about eight points, give or take, that I mean that that determines playoff spots. So I mean this this is a pretty tight schedule. Um, 
hockey's a sport that that changes very very quickly. So I mean they they can't afford to slip. I mean they have to like you said stay on pace. They've been playing really good hockey as of late, and um, I think they should they need to continue as continue going the way they are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but one one thing for sure is it's going to make for some fun watching over the next few weeks, uh, especially for the people who have entered our ticket giveaway for March 13th against the Jets. Uh, we just want to remind everyone, spread the word, tell all your friends to go uh, enter into that contest so you get double the chance of trying to win some tickets to a Preds game. We're going to be giving those tickets away, I believe, the last Monday in February. I think that's the 26th, but I'm not 100% sure of that date. Uh, but it 25th? Is 25th. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the, it is the 28th. The 28th. Okay, so the 28th of February, we're going to 28th. announce our winner on the podcast. Um, and hopefully you and a friend are going to get to go to a Preds game for free and cheer us on as we play the current uh, Central Division leader. Uh, but, yeah, just make sure you're following us on Twitter and on Facebook and entering all our giveaway contests. Uh, Kobe, do you have anything else to say about the giveaway before we shut this down? Um, the only thing I want to say, I, I said it last week, um, if you listen to our podcast – uh, tell your friends, tell your family, um, like us, share us on Facebook. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, this is this is two free tickets. I mean, their tickets have went up this year. Um, arenas are the arena is a fantastic play to watch these guys uh, dominate in some hockey. Winnipeg is a tough team this year, and um, it should be a good game. So, um, you know, go Preds. All right, so with that, we'll go ahead and shut this down. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, remember to go follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at 360TN Sports. Go Preds, go Vols, and go Titans.